0: I'm believing today on this Sunday that God is going to pour out His Spirit in a fresh way in your life in Jesus' name. If you have a Bible, let's turn together, please, for just a few moments to the book of Acts. The book of Acts, Acts chapter 3, and I'm going to read from verse 1. I'm reading from the New King James this morning, Acts chapter 1, sorry, Acts chapter 3 and verse 1. And it says this, it says, Now Peter and John, Peter? And John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. To ask for alms, to ask for money, to ask for alms from those who entered the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked for alms and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold, I do not have. Or if you had my dad's Bible, the old King James, he'd say, silver and gold, I do not have. Here it says, but what I do have, I give you. And his Bible it would say, such as I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. The Bible goes on to say, he took him up by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he leaping up stood and walked and entered the temple with him, walking, leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. This is a powerful miracle from God. I I love this story because in this story, we see the power of the, the Spirit of God that was on Jesus empowering Him to do the miracles that He did. We see that same anointing, that same power, that same grace has now, it's not just with Jesus now, it's on His people, it's on the church, it's on the disciples. And they were walking in the same power Jesus walked in. You and I can walk in the same power that Jesus walked in, the power, of the holy spirit the bible says in acts chapter 10 and verse 38 that god anointed jesus with the holy spirit and with power he went about doing good healing all those who were oppressed by the devil for god was with him do you know that the power of the holy spirit the same power that was on jesus the same power that went into that garden tomb and raised his body from the dead that same power is available for you and I today in 2023 to walk this world earth and navigate life we can do this Christian life with the same power that was on Jesus. And, and so in this story, it's a, it's a powerful story, but you, you, you see some pretty difficult stuff happening because you've got a, a man that every day he was brought to the temple. He'd be brought in and, and he'd be laid there every That They'd lay him there. And this was, this was the guy's life and he'd be brought there and he, he would be begging for food and, He'd, he'd get given a bit of charity and that would be enough to go back to wherever he lived, have a bit of shelter, a little bit of food to be brought back every day. And this this was the guy's life and he was in a, a cycle that was, that was so incredibly difficult to navigate. And the Bible tells us that he was at a place called Gate Beautiful every day. That's where he would go to beg. And Gate Beautiful is a funny place because it's the gate of the temple and it, it really was beautiful. It was made of Corinthian brass. I guess in America you'd say brass, but brass. And it was like 65 or so feet wide by 35 feet high and and beautiful. And what would happen is the destitute, the broken, they would come to gate beautiful because the religious people of the day would give charity. They'd give, they'd hand out money. They'd give Different provisions and but but not 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 to be generous, not to help. Really, they would give a little bit of money to show off. I don't know if that's an American term, but to 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 kind of impress uh, other 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 religious people in that same place by giving them money, by giving them charity that, that it wasn't about blessing the person or helping the person it was more to be seen to be helping the person and because that that's what religion does it'll it'll throw some charity at people throw a little bit of a little bit of something to people but Uh, the power of God was able to raise this guy up. So every day he'd be taken there, he'd lay there, go home, have enough money to come back, lay there, go home, get some food, come back. This was the guy's life. And all religion could do is really just give a, a little bit of comfort at best. Not even comfort, just a little bit of nourishment to keep him in his total cycle of impossibility. But I thank God that Peter and John headed to church that day. They walked past the temple that day and Peter's a man of faith. John's a man of intimacy with God. He sees the guy and, and something totally different rises up in Peter's spirit. He says, look at me. And so the, the way this guy would raise money is he'd look at a whole lot of people trying to get eye contact to be able to say, hey, can I, can I have a provision? And, and Peter says, look at me. And he says, silver and gold, I don't have. He says, but what I do have or such as I have, he says, I give to you. And he, he says the most powerful thing. He says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Oh, I love that. There's power in the name of Jesus. His name still does miracles. Even right now, wherever you're watching, you might have a challenge. Don't underestimate the power of the name of Jesus. When you call his name in faith, supernatural things start to take place. And in this story, we see a man who's living in an impossible situation. He sees Peter and Peter says, I don't have uh, what you think you need, but I have what I know you need. And And he says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. It was interesting when Peter came to the end of what he had. He had no money. When he came to the end of what he had, when he recognised his deficiency, he was able to jump into God's sufficiency and he was able to tap into the resource of heaven. And so he says, silver and gold I don't have, but I do have something. And do you know when you're saved by the grace of God, when, you, when you're full of God's spirit, you have something as well. And, and Peter says, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you what I do have. And he said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. You know, I remember when we first started our church back in Adelaide, we had absolutely nothing. We didn't have buildings. We rented this little office building. The ceiling was so low. If you, the roof was so low. If you lifted your hands, you'd touch the lights. I mean, we, it, was just, it was just a really bad building. And in fact, Pastor Jabin came and preached here years ago. Uh, but, but we had nothing. And I, I remember one day at church, we, 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 didn't, we didn't have enough money for anything. I mean, we, we, it was so tight. We, we, just, we had faith. We had a dream, but we didn't. We didn't have any real ability to do much. And I remember a guy comes into church one day, and he, he's just a young guy, and he'd come from the hospital. And he rings our church phone and asks if we, if we believe in miracles, and we said yes. And so he comes to church, and he had some neurological issue where he, he, he had a totally paralyzed tongue. He couldn't. He couldn't speak properly, and and it was affecting his life because they were, they were worried when he slept that he might. He, he might. Block his windpipes and and his airways, and so he he was in quite a bit of trouble. And so he rings our church. He says "Do you believe in miracles?" And, and I happened to answer the phone that day. It was years and years ago, and I said, "Yeah, I do." And he said, "I'm gonna." Uh, he, he said, "I'm going to come." And so he comes to church. In fact, I invited him, and he said he'd come. And. He comes to church that day and he gets totally healed by the power of God. God touches his life. God, God fills him with the, with the power of heaven. In fact, he got saved. He got baptized in the Holy Spirit. He, God really moved in his world, but he gets up totally healed by the power of God. He goes back to the hospital. And, and the next Sunday... His mother was in church, his sister was in church, his brother was in church. To this day, they're all still serving Jesus. 15 years later, and I think it's a miracle from God. One miracle changed the trajectory of a family, but also taught a young preacher that you might not have everything, but if you've got, the, if you've got something in God, you've got enough to do what God's called you to do. And I believe with all of my heart, whatever God's calling you to put your hand to, do it in the power of the spirit, do it in faith, do it, believing God and, and watch what God will do silver and gold. I do not have, but what I, but what I do have such as I have, I give to you. I I think of this story and, and I think of this guy in the story and, and he, he, he had nothing. He, he was, he was in a super challenging situation. He, he was, he was broken. He, he, he was in an impossible situation. And then Peter says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. You know, what's crazy to me in that, in that story is that, is that Peter, this is the same Peter, six weeks earlier was denying Jesus. This is the same Peter that one night in, in kind of without really thinking, trying to protect Jesus, he cuts a guy's ear off. I don't know what the laws are in America, but in Australia it's illegal to do that. You know, there was there was a whole lot of things he did. One time he said to Jesus, basically, "Don't bother. Go, why, why would you bother going to the cross?" And he says, "Get behind me, Satan." I mean. Peter, he got it wrong, he denied Jesus three times and now now you've got Peter in the same city saying, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He picks him up and the guy gets totally healed by the power of God. What changed in Peter? What made him go from Peter the meek to Peter the mighty, Peter the weak to Peter the strong, Peter the reed to Peter the rock? Well, I see three things in this story that happened in the life of Peter that set him up to be able to step into supernatural authority and, to, and into breakthrough and to, and to the miracle power of God. And these three things are available to every believer. And I'm believing God uh, today, those watching at home, wherever you might be, that there's gonna be a fresh sense of faith to believe God for some of these things to happen in your heart and in your life. In Jesus' name, I can hear you saying amen. I'm so pumped. But he, 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 he says, I don't have money, but what I do have. What did he have? I want to give you three things. They all happen to start with the letter F. The first one, number one, is he was forgiven. He was forgiven. Peter denies Jesus. He messes up. And three times he denies Jesus and three times... Jesus says, hey, Peter, do you love me? Feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me? Feed... Well, he actually said, if you love me, feed my sheep. He said, if you love me, feed my sheep. Then he says, if you love me, feed my lambs. God, God, Jesus right there. For every time he denied him, Jesus had forgiven grace. He had saving grace for Peter. And that's the deal. The Bible tells us the righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up. And this is the thing that jumps out at me. I think Peter, when he, when he, was, when he was praying for this guy, he had a revelation that he was forgiven. Because he was praying for the guy in front of the very same people that he was afraid of. And that's why he denied Jesus. Those same judgmental Pharisees, those same religious people. Can you imagine Peter, what was going through his mind, what the enemy was whispering in his ear, go, don't bother to do this. You've already made enough of a mess in front of those people. And that's what, that's what the devil does. The devil wants to make you feel condemned. Uh, he, he wants to make you feel like you can't do anything for God. He, he wants to make you feel like you shouldn't step out in faith. You shouldn't step out on a word from God. You shouldn't do that because you've messed up and you might make a fool of yourself. I, I love that God. He, he, He's got a big forgettery. He forgets so many things. As far as east is from west, our sin is removed from us. You and I are forgiven. And and so today, I preach here today. I preach in this great church right here in Las Vegas that's impacting the world. And I don't stand up here in my own perfection. I'm so imperfect. I I don't. Get it right. But I stand up here fully believing that I'm able to do this because Jesus has washed me clean. I'm not who I used to be. It's no longer I who lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. When you get saved, you don't become a better person. You become a whole new person. The Bible says, Paul says, I'm a new creation, I'm a new creature. Behold, everything becomes you, has become new. He says, My old man was crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And that's how you live. When you live forgiven, you live with the overflow of Christ in you. I don't I don't live out of my own self. I live out of the fact that on the inside of my heart is the living God of heaven. And so I'm forgiven. Whatever you might be dealing with, whatever your struggle. Whatever your, whatever your challenge is, you can't run from the grace of God. If you're listening to this message today, you, you might not know Jesus. You might, you might be eavesdropping while someone else is watching this in another room. They might be in the dining room and you're having a listen from another room. I, I, I reckon uh, this is on to touch your heart and to, and to bless you where, wherever you might be. Even right now, I'm not... Asking you to join a church, though you should go to church. I'm actually saying, why don't you join the family of God and just say, God, I've got stuff in my life. It's a new day. Ask Him to forgive you. He'll, in, in, in one moment, you'll be washed clean by the grace of God. He's so good. Forgiven. And second, so Peter was forgiven the second. He was filled, filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled. It's overflowing. Peter went from denying Jesus to being forgiven to... Being gathered when the church was first birthed on the day of Pentecost in the, in the book of Acts and the second chapter, Jesus uh, Peter's there. I, Jesus, he had already gone to heaven. Peter was there and he gets filled with the Holy Spirit. He has an encounter with God where the Spirit of God comes on the inside of him and empowers him to fulfill the call of God. And not only does he get filled with the Spirit, he preaches the first message in any church context. He, it, was, it wasn't just the first church. It was the first church meeting. 3,000 people give, give their hearts to Jesus. Well, but what happened? He got, he got filled with the Spirit. You know, it's, it, it's a, it's a wild, wild, powerful combination to live forgiven by the grace of God and then to live filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. You know, some people say, "Oh, well, you you get the Holy Spirit when you're forgiven." That's totally true. You do. When you got saved, you got. As much Holy Spirit as you need to get to heaven. He came on the inside of you, you were born again. But when you get filled with the Spirit, it's an empowering. It's, a, it's the Spirit of God coming upon you. And so you have the Spirit indwelling you when you get saved, but then you get filled with the Holy Spirit and, and the Holy Spirit comes upon you, fills you, on, gets on you. It's a, it's, a powerful, it's a powerful encounter with God. And when that happens, uh, that, that emp- empowering is for you to make a difference in the world around and about you. I tell our church all the time at home, uh, when you get saved, the Holy Spirit's in you for you. When you get filled with the Spirit, He's upon you for the world around and about you. And that's, that's the whole purpose of being filled with the Spirit. When you get filled with the Spirit, you live a life that impacts others. You live a life where you can say, silver and gold, I might not have, but I've got something. What have you got? You've got God's power on the inside of your heart and on the inside of your life. When you're filled with the Spirit, you can truly know Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I want to be filled with God's Spirit. I don't know where I don't know where you might be today, but one touch of the power of God. God's power can come into your world and you can be changed from the inside out. You can know the fullness of God on the inside of you. You can know what it is to be a carrier of the supernatural power of Almighty God. I, I'm believing God that. Even right now, wherever you might be, ask him. He, he, the Bible tells us uh, that, that he gives the Holy Spirit to those who ask. Asking is a faith thing. If I said to Pastor Jabin, if I said, Pastor Jabin, I need, I need $5. Can you give me $5? By asking him, I know he would. He's a generous guy. He might even give me 10 if I've been behaving well. But you know, if you ask someone for something, if I said to him, can I please have $5? I'm asking him that. But I'm asking him that because... I know he can, and I'm asking because I'm pretty sure he's willing. that's That's what happens when you ask God for the Holy Spirit. It's a faith thing because you're asking knowing that he can, but the ask, when you ask him, you also know that He will. And God will fill any person that says, God, would you fill me with your spirit? And He will. And when He fills you with His spirit, He brings all of the resource of heaven into your life. He brings, he brings the gifts of the spirit. He brings the empowering of the spirit. He brings the anointing of the spirit. He, he, he brings the, the leading of the spirit. He brings the supernatural. He takes your natural and He puts His super on it. And you become a supernatural spirit-filled Christian that can make a difference for the kingdom of God. There's nothing more powerful than a believer who knows they're saved, knows they're on their way to heaven. When condemnation comes, they know that they're free by the grace of God. And then you add to that the empowering of God's Spirit. What a powerful combination it is to know that you are full of the power of the Holy Spirit. The greater one lives on the inside of you and you're anointed to do something supernatural for God. You know, uh, the anointing, the Spirit of God, the empowering of God, when, when that gets into your world, things change. I always think even a preacher, they might be a five out of 10 in the natural gifting. You put the anointing of God on them. You put the power and the presence of Jesus on them. They, they, just, they just have so much more effectiveness. And it's not that their, their talent just, or their, their natural gifting just suddenly gets brilliant. It's, the unseen hand of God that gets on somebody's life. And that's not just for a preacher. That's for any person stepping out in the call of God. Whatever that might look like, that might be for, for, for a mum or a dad, or for, for somebody in business, maybe somebody who works in a school, Whatever, whatever you're doing, if you feel God's called you to it, once his hand gets upon you, supernatural things happen. The Bible tells us that the hand of God, which is a picture of being filled with the Spirit, the hand of God came upon Ezekiel. He had some visions. He he saw some stuff. But when the hand of God came on him, that's when he stepped into that whole place of the valley of dry bones coming to life. When the hand of God comes on you, you you get into a whole deeper uh, uh, walk with God. You, You step into the realm of faith and you see supernatural things. Oh man, that's good news. That's better than a poke in the eye with a blunt stick. God wants to fill you with His Spirit. He wants to anoint you. He wants to put His hand on you so you can do mighty things for the kingdom of God. I don't know where you are, but my prayer, I don't know if you even like listening to Australian preachers, but I'm believing God that you'll know the fullness and, 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 the, and the power of being filled with God's Spirit. Because if you can live saved and you can live filled, I mean, what a powerful way to walk this life of being a, a Christian, being a follower of Jesus. And then there's one more thing that happened in Peter's life. So he was, what was the first one for the two of you taking notes? You've got to remind me. Yes, I remember. He was forgiven. He was full, full of the Spirit, number three. He was full of faith, filled with the Spirit, full of faith. You know, it takes faith in front of a whole lot of naysayers to (laughs) look at a guy and say, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. That takes faith. You know, it takes more faith than that, reaching out and picking him up. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what would have been going through his mind? But he, he prayed the prayer, but then he acted his faith. You know, faith is an internal conviction with an external response. Faith is that thing that makes you laugh at giants. Faith is that sense that you don't just believe in God, but you believe God. And God puts no limitations on faith. Faith puts no limitations on God. So, so if you take the limitations off your faith, God can do big things in you and through you. So if you're forgiven, you're walking in the grace of God, you're filled with the Holy Spirit and boom, now you're, now you're moving in faith and, and, and believing God. That's when the promises of God just start becoming yes in so, many, in so many situations and by faith, you lay a hold of it with your amen and say, God, let it be done, faith. And so he says, in the name of Jesus Christ, Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. He prays the prayer of faith. You know, I was, I was preaching on prayer a few years ago in our church and I, I spent time studying the, the, whole, the whole series and I had so many different thoughts <laughs> come to my mind and, and then I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me and give me this thought on prayer and it, it seemed like the least deep thought of my entire, my entire series. I had Great quotes from a whole lot of great dead people and, and it, was, it was awesome. But then, then, I, then, I, then I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, Dave, I want to tell you something. The number one reason people's prayers go unanswered, unanswered, unanswered is because those prayers, they don't leave their mouth. How often do we think our prayers and sort of we mumble? There's something about opening your mouth and declaring in faith whatever it is you need from God because prayer is accumulative. The more you do it, the, the, more, the, the, the more you just dig a well for God to do something supernatural. So at prayer, prayer is also eternal. For example, my church just turned 100 years old last year. And in 100 years, people had prayed for, for the days we're living in right now. A lot of those people have gone, many, most of those people have gone home to glory. They're in heaven, but their prayers are still having an effect because when you pray, you speak things into the heavenlies that go outside of time. They step into eternity. They go into the throne room of God. And at God's good pleasure, He acts on our behalf in His timing. And His timing's perfect. And, and so Peter, he, he, he prayed that prayer of faith, full of the Holy Spirit, fully knowing that he was a child of God, was able to square his shoulders, look at this guy in an impossible situation and say, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have. And then he says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I love it, he, he, he prays and then he declares that word of faith over him. he says, rise up and walk. And I love it that he didn't stop right there. The Bible says this, and this is where faith really kicked in. It took faith to pray the prayer. He had to declare some things in the heavenlies and when you pray, understand that The spirit realm responds like whatever the enemy might be doing, when you pray in faith, you break the power of the enemy. You take dominion over a situation. That's what he did. But then he released his faith. The Bible says he reached down and picked him up. He grabs him by the hand. This guy's never walked. It's one thing for him to even get movement in his legs, but those muscles, they're not they're not even there. The Bible says he picks him up and the guy starts walking. And not only was he walking, like I'd be impressed if he just sort of took a few little steps, but he's not not just walking, he's leaping. Leaping is like jumping. It's just that when you leap, you jump from one spot to another. Jumping's in one spot. I always wondered the difference, and I studied that, and so I just thought I needed to share that with you today. But he he walking, he's leaping, he's praising God. He's just, I think he was just having a praise break. I think he was just I think he was just having church and walking, leaping, praising God. Everyone saw him walking, leaping, praising God. Look, caused a lot of trouble. I mean, the church pretty much came under some pretty big scrutiny at that point. But he had a miracle because Peter prayed the prayer of faith, but he also released his faith. What do you have to do to release your faith? Maybe that release of faith is praying for somebody boldly that needs a breakthrough from God. Maybe that release of faith is sowing into the kingdom of God. Maybe when it comes to building and, and what's happening here at City Light and what God wants to do, maybe God wants to enlarge your faith and believe God. I, I, really, I really do believe that there's a, a church full of people. There's something about City Light Church that is a faith church and, and not in a not, not i not, not, I'm not talking stylistically, I'm talking in the spirit that you're faith people. You, 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 you take a vision from your pastor and you run with it and you, you get behind it and there's just a collective amen in this church and it's beautiful, it's supernatural and I'm so inspired by it. But, but even in your own walk on, a, on your Monday, on your Tuesday, what can you do to release your faith? Peter released his faith. There's something powerful about that. You've got a guy that six times denied Jesus. Sorry, three times, I've doubled it. I just got excited. Three times denied Jesus. And six weeks later, he's proclaiming the goodness of God is preaching the gospel, he's healing the sick under the anointing of God. He said, silver and gold I don't have, but such as I have. If you're saved, if you've asked God to fill you with his spirit, and if you're walking by faith, you can truly know. You know, I genuinely sense the presence of God as I'm saying this. I don't know where you are right now, but I want to pray for you. I'm believing God that there's going to be a fresh infilling of God's spirit. Maybe you've been filled with the Spirit. Maybe you grew grew up in one of those churches you see on Instagram, one of those wild, crazy churches. I'm not talking about style. I'm actually saying, from the Word of God, God, would you fill me with your Spirit? That I can know the fullness of God. I can know the power of God. I I meet a lot of people who, they're forgiven, but then they think they're not forgiven. Then they're forgiven. Then they think, I'm not a Christian this week. I am a Christian. I'm not talking by their actions, just by their own sense of worry about their walk with God. I, I find when you get filled with the Spirit, you tend to just know that you're a child of God because you're so full of God's presentness and presence that you know God's with you. You just, you just have a knowing and then you step in faith. What a combination. If I could teach my sons, James and Samuel, teach our church, just walk in those three things. Forgiveness, be filled with the Spirit and full of faith. And where does faith come? By hearing, hearing by the Word of God. God's speaking to you, acting on a God conviction, God's word in your life. You live in those three spaces. Anything's possible to those who believe. And I, I wonder where you're at maybe. Firstly, I don't know how you came to watch. I know Pastor Jabin was talking to people right across the world. I know City Light, it's a local church and it's got a heart for this city, but it does have a grace on it to touch the world. And people, there's more people watching outside of Vegas, maybe than inside of Vegas right now, because the ones inside of Vegas can't wait to get into the building to be in the church. But And if you're in Vegas and you're watching this, come to church. Come in the building. There's nothing like this. Church is wild, man. It's, it's the best thing going. This is even better than Cirque du Soleil. Anyway, but I don't know where you're at, but maybe you're watching this and you've never made a conscious decision to invite Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life. Maybe you've never known the joy of your sins being forgiven. Maybe you've never asked Christ to come into your heart. You've never been made new. You might be watching. I don't know where you are, but what I do know is you're not watching this by accident. Jesus loves you. He He got a hold of the algorithm so you could watch this today. He loves you. He has a plan for your life. Maybe you've never made a conscious choice to invite Jesus into your world, to ask him to forgive you of your sin and make you right, set you right. Or maybe you have. But for whatever reason, you've grown cold, you've walked away, you've backed off. The Bible says, draw near to God, He'll draw near to you. Sometimes we think to draw near to God, we've got to take a million steps. I've always believed you take one step towards Him, He takes 10,000 back towards you. You're drawing near to Him. Maybe you're watching today and you say, Dave, I need Jesus. Let me pray a prayer with you. I'd love you to pray this out loud and wherever you are, right across the world, pray this prayer and Invite Jesus into your word. I can't pray on your behalf. These words I'm giving you, but let them originate in your heart. Let's pray this together. Dear God in heaven, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. I'm sorry for my sin, for the things I've done and for the way I've lived. Please forgive me. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Give me a new beginning. Give me a brand new start. I make you the Lord of my life. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you for rising again for me. And thank you that you're coming back again for me. And From this moment, I am washed. I'm cleansed. I'm forgiven. And I'm saved by the grace of God. If you prayed that prayer, you get more instructions at the end of at the end of this message. So just hang with us for a few minutes, and and uh, and we'll help you in your journey of faith. But I just want to pray for people that may just need a bit of a faith injection, or need God to touch them and afresh. And I don't know where you are, but I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to hand back to Pastor, and we're gonna we're gonna you're gonna have a great Sunday afternoon. You're never going to be the same again. But I, maybe you're sick in your body, or you need a fresh in filling of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've never been filled with the Spirit. I'm believing God's gonna fill you, even right now, with the power of God. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, for the power of the Holy Ghost. Lord, I pray you touch people, wherever they may be, right across Las Vegas, right across America, touch people with the presence of God. Lord, I pray, let your anointing come upon people. Lord, let the power of God come upon people. Let great grace, great anointing. Lord, let the let the touch of your hand come upon each and every person. As Pastor Jaben said before, Lord, let the good hand of God come upon people to heal heal, to empower, to restore. And Father, we thank you for good things. Thank you the bodies are being healed right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, chains are coming off people's lives. And Father, we thank you for it. In the name of Jesus, why don't you give God a good amen wherever you might be.